Hi there, Janice Petaway. Welcome again to Living with Purpose. Today we're going to talk about sphere of influence. Um, I, I think it's so important for you to really pay attention to the human beings around you. I think we sometimes make our business harder than it has to be. Uh, we think that we should get leads from outside sources. We should be paying for leads. We should um, be grasping at phone numbers and emails of people that we don't even know are real. And it really, it's gone too far, guys. It's gone too far. I really believe the only reason that the companies, these third-party companies, are able to make the money they make uh, selling us leads. Think about this. I mean, really think about this. You guys are the ones, realtors are the ones that go out and do the hard work to get a listing. And then we put it out there to the world to market it, to help facilitate the sale. But then third-party companies do a better job than most of us do to put it out there, and then they get the leads and sell them back to us for a referral fee usually. But sometimes they even charge us monthly to, to play their game. Well, I know if we did a better job of connecting and keeping up with the people in our circles and we kept building and building our sphere of influence, we wouldn't even be paying attention to leads that were so cold, right? We wouldn't need to. Uh, when I started real estate, that the sphere of influence was really how I learned to do my business and build my business. It is so much easier to enjoy your day when you're out working with people that you have a connection with or you're choosing to make a connection with and they're part of you. They're part of your group. I call it your book of business. Uh, so I want you to really focus on it. I would, I would bet if you took the time to really put all of your effort into the next couple weeks getting that group of people organized and in some kind of system that you could always keep up with. So um, I'm, Exit Realty, for me, I use our promo shop. But I don't really care if you use a, a legal pad and a pencil as long as it's something that you will actually use and you will do something with it every day. So you're going to learn to keep up with your, your most trusted, closest people on a regular basis. You're going to learn to remind them that what you do for a living, you're going to uh, touch them and have coffee with them and you're going to send them something monthly. Uh, you're going to put these people in groups. But if you're new to the business and you're, you're going, oh my gosh, I don't even have anybody, I can pretty much guarantee you, you do. You just are not spending the time thinking about putting them in groups. So let me ask you a couple questions. Who does your hair? Who did you buy your car from? Who does your yard? Do you have bug service? Who's your attorney? Who's your CPA, your accountant? Do you have um, neighbors? Do you have family? Do you have friends? All of that. 
becomes your sphere of, of influence. Even agents that have been in this business, you know, when I'm having a meeting um, with an agent that is thinking about making a move maybe to our company, one of the first things I ask is, tell me about your business. Uh, where does it come from? Where's your biggest, you know, your biggest amount of transactions per year coming from? What's the funnel look like? We end up always talking about sphere of influence because those that have been in the business a long time know that repeat business is the best business. And I'll ask them, you know, what do you do on a regular basis? If if you're telling me that 60, 65% of your business comes from past clients, friends, and family, then in my brain, uh, they should always be spending 60, 65, 70%. Whatever the percentage is, that's the percentage of time, money, and effort on that group for marketing and spending time you should be doing. So I, I'll have that conversation and I'll ask them, you know, what do you do monthly, weekly? What do you send them? How much time do you spend with them? And I would say about 95% of the time I get the same answer. And it's somewhere along the lines of, you know, I know I should be doing that. I know I need to get better, um, but I get so busy, I've never really put it together in a system. So that's what I wanted to talk about, because that is your uh, book of business, business, your success log, per se. So figure it out, what works for you. And spend the time now and get it fixed. I um, I think the best way to be sure you have everybody in there is to kind of go through the alphabet. Um, I used to say the phone book, but we don't really have those anymore. But whatever you need to do, every service, every you need to jog your brain of all these people. And I tell you, honestly, that when you're in sales, everything that you spend money on should be tit for tat. So you should expect to obtain leads from people that you spend money with, as well as you should give them business. So for instance, if you have a hairdresser that you love and you go to on a regular basis, if their significant other is a real estate agent, I'm sorry, you need a new hairdresser. You may love the way they do your hair, but this needs to be a conscious effort in making your life easier uh, while getting more and more business, right? While earning and getting more and more business. So you're going to be, you need to be their preferred realtor and you need to learn to ask those hard questions. Uh, some of you may file, uh, follow the Brian Buffini system. And I personally think it's a great system because it keeps you on task, uh, doing what you need to do uh, with these people and putting them in groups. You're going to have groups that are your like your bigger uh, connectors, I guess I would say. Uh, you're going to have a small group of people that you know, do or die, if they see somebody in Home Depot buying a for sale by owner sign, they're probably going to stop them and say, oh, don't do that. You need to call my um, trusted realtor, Janice Petaway. Um, I know she's taught me that the average for sale by owner uh, is really going to only get calls from realtors and they're going to sell their house for a lot less than putting it out in the open market because you've taught these people 
what to say. You've educated them and you've done it in a fun way. And they're, and they're, they're that personality anyway. They're going to, they're always talking to strangers anyway, and you're going to get the most referrals from that kind of personality, right? It makes sense. So that group of people you're going to learn to spend the most time with. You're going to take them to lunch, maybe out for a cocktail. You're going to maybe have them over with their their significant other, maybe children. You're going to maybe meet them at a dog park with their dog. You're going to spend time. They deserve your time. You're going to build um, a deeper relationship with them. They're going to become closer to you as, as a friend as well for the most part. And then you're going to have a group of people that you know if they actually personally were going to do something real estate-wise, they would call you as long as you stay in touch with them. You know, when NAR, the National Association of Realtors, does canvassing and they do all these um, reports on where business comes from, it changes every year a little bit. But for the most part, we're doing a good job with the people that we either have buy-side or sell-side transactions. And they say after their transaction that they would definitely use you again or us again. But then the reality, five or seven years later, is that the bulk of them don't use us again. They used someone else. Why is that? Well, it's really easy to see why that is. Um, You don't keep up with them. They forget about you. And then they accidentally fall into a relationship with someone else. That's not okay, guys. This is your livelihood. This is what you need to do to to feed your children and and plan for your financial future and retirement or, or whatever. Don't you want that income? Of course you do. So you have to learn to stay on task with a system that will keep you in front of them. So I strongly suggest that the first group of people we talked about, you spend time with monthly. So they see you face to face and they also get something of significance in the mail from you. There's lots of programs you can use that that will give you what that is, uh, but you don't have to. Uh, You could just send them a mini update of what their neighborhood is doing value-wise On a regular basis, you could send them, I love when someone sends me a little tidbit about something that makes sense to me. Uh, Maybe they know, they know I have a great Dane and I'm a great Dane nut. So they'll send me a funny uh, video or article about great Danes. Well, I know they were thinking of me because it's so personal. So you can do stuff like that. Because remember this, that group would be a small group. This next group that we're talking about, you're going to make sure that they get something from you monthly. Uh, You're never going to stop. It's going to cost you uh, maybe per person, what, stamps, envelopes, minimal. You see what happens to us? We we end up thinking it's okay to spend $300, $500, $600, $1,500 a month on marketing, but the the most important, least expensive things we can do to keep building our business, we don't do. It's kind of like I know Tammy Bonell says this this phrase. Uh, she's exit our exit realty CEO. She says, "You know, it was working so well, I stopped doing it," and it's so true. Uh, we we get busy and we stop doing the things that work the the best and the easiest in our business. So that group you would send out monthly. 
And I really would love for you to start getting in the habit of doing something once or twice a year with these groups of people. Maybe you have a holiday party. Maybe you rent out a movie theater on a, a you know a Saturday afternoon. Maybe you do bowling or an Easter egg hunt. Whatever it is that you like to do, you invite your past clients, friends and family, people that you want to stay close to, to some kind of event twice a year. And then you're going to have this other group. This other group are maybe people that you see in large groups. You're part of a church, maybe, or some organization or a, a big neighborhood or your children's schools. Those people, they recognize you, but they don't really know you. So those people should still get something from you, but maybe only twice a year. Maybe it's a holiday uh, card and something in between. But you never, ever stop communicating with your people. And then you're adding on a regular basis. And you're having conversations with strangers. And you're asking them if they have a realtor that they trust when they have a friend or family member that needs to make a move. And if they say, which most of them do, well, no, not real. You would just then say, I would love to be that person. Can I put you on my mailing list? Uh, do you mind if I keep up with you and communicate with you on a regular basis? I have XYZ. Whatever it is that you send out and do, you would share with them. And you would, you would ask if it's okay if you add them. Most of the time, once you know their name and you've exchanged maybe... Um, your mobile business card, hopefully you've given them your mobile business card and maybe gotten their card. You've got their name and they've probably said, I live in XYZ town. You don't even anymore necessarily have to get their address. You've got their phone number. You now have their name. You can look up their address and put them on your mailing list. Now, a lot of people say, oh, why don't we just email everything? And We've gone too far, in my personal opinion, with, with email and with texting and all of that. Uh, to me, email and text should be ongoing communication for updates, but not building a relationship. And because so many people just use email and text, when people get something in the mail now, they, uh, they're kind of excited if it's something interesting, and they look at it, and there's very few things in their mailbox that are worth anything anymore, especially with people paying their bills online and everything. So if you send them something kind of cool, and if it's something personal, or um, I know for me, when there's a piece on, so like right now it's tax season. So wouldn't you be okay getting a a sheet on tips for saving money as a self-employed individual on your taxes? Yeah, you'd look at it. So it would be things like that. And that's what you do. And send it out in the mail. It's okay to use text and email, uh, but not only text and email. I really think that uh, your top people should open something from you in the mail every month. The next group, it should be at least four times a year, uh, maybe even five or six times a year. Every other month is kind of bi-monthly is good for that group. And then that final group, at least twice a year in the mail. If you choose to do other things, that's fine. So what do you say 
to your people uh, at the end of a transaction have you learned to say the key things that will get you more and more business it is not over at closing that is one transaction those individuals are probably not going to buy their own personal home again sell and buy for another five to ten years we all know that so what is the value there well First of all, friendship is is a good value. We need more and more of that. Um, but they probably know a couple hundred people you don't know. So could you have maybe a housewarming party where you're letting them be the host if they want to at their new home and you're going to go and be the griller? or be the person serving whatever that you choose to do. You don't have to spend a lot of money on things like that, but you have to spend time. Uh, Again, we spend money on silly stuff, so why not get some hot dogs and hamburgers and go and meet their friends and family? Uh, Nobody really does stuff like that anymore, so what if you did? What if you spent maybe an hour and the day before they close on that house, you walked that new neighborhood that they're going to, with their permission, of course, and you just knocked on the door and just said, hey, I'm Janice Petaway, use your name, uh, with Exit Realty. And I'm excited to tell you that tomorrow uh, you will have new neighbors at 123 Smith Street, and I have their permission to come by and, and let you know a little bit about them because I really wanted them to have a warm welcome. I love this neighborhood. It's one of my favorites, and so-and-so, and and their beautiful children, and, you know, their black lab, or whatever the story is, will be moving in over the weekend. And then if you're really good and you've set this up, you could say, we're going to have a housewarming uh, once they get settled in probably two or three weeks. Would it be okay if we include you? I'd love to to show them that this neighborhood is going to be a great place for them to live for the next 10 years or so. When you learn to do that, um, you look different, don't you? And it's a great way to, to increase your business and build your sphere and to you know, just meet more human beings that you might actually fall in love with and have a relationship with. So it's okay on all fronts. But what do you think happens in a neighborhood when a house sells? Something triggers in people's brains when they see that activity in their neighborhood. And if they've at all been dreaming of a bigger house or downsizing or whatever, it triggers conversations under that roof that maybe have not taken place in the last few years. So think about this. They see that you're doing something different. You're being loving and kind. Uh, You look professional. Maybe you've even brought a mini CMA of that neighborhood and you're saying something along the lines of, hey, I know that people always want to know what things have sold for in their neighborhood. So I took the liberty and, and, and brought you a sheet of what's going on. I've been given permission to share that that particular house is going to close at XYZ. Or you can just give them a range. You could even just say really close to list price. Um, but I'll be back to invite you to this party and I'll tell you then what it closed for. When you're doing that, if they're at all thinking today or tomorrow about moving, uh, wouldn't they remember you 
and think about you because you're doing something more and different. And so that's just another great way to, to increase your sphere easily. But then also at that closing table, uh, you're talking about having the open house uh, for their housewarming and what you're going to do and asking them to get you the names and addresses so that you can mail out invitations, planning all of that. But then you're also going to say something like, you know, I just want to remind you that I will make you proud if there's anybody that you know ever that needs to make a move. Um, I promise to take really good care of them and make you proud, and I hope that you know that. Let them answer, and then just say, is it okay with you if I remind you on a regular basis to be thinking of me uh, for everybody's real estate needs? When people are happy and they just closed on a house and, and everything's gone well, that's the time to do it. Now, we all know that there's times that it's not so perfect at closing, and, and through these podcasts, I trust me, I am going to teach you how to try to correct that at the end and move forward, uh, not as if it never happened, but just move forward as a professional, having known that, you know, there were some things that were challenging through this, and, and you acknowledge that, and you learn from it, and it's going to make you a better realtor, and thanks for hanging in there with me, that kind of thing. So that will be good as well to learn to do that. But your sphere is, it, it's your piggy bank. So you have to learn to do all these things and keep up. And you have to learn to talk to strangers. And, you know, we all grew up with our parents telling us not to talk to strangers. And then we get into businesses that is, you know, so much stranger business. And we have to talk to strangers. So one of the biggest ways to do that easily is just to learn to smile, guys. You know, when you're in line somewhere, smile. Make a comment on uh, what that individual around you is doing. Make a comment on what's in their cart or how nice they look today. Sometimes telling someone that they just look really sharp and nice is the best thing that's happened to them in a week. Learn to do it. Practice doing it. Wear your name tag or an exit pin or a realtor shirt and be who you are at least during business hours so that people will ask you questions or recognize who you're with um you know there's been times that i have met a stranger and got into a really good conversation and they're a real estate agent and that's good too because we have this wonderful piece of of this company called sponsoring and so it's okay to run into a realtor. It's okay to knock on a door around a house that you're, you just sold or that you're have, getting ready to have an open house with and find out that it's a realtor. Uh, to me, that's better. Think about it, guys. Just think about it. Would you rather have bumped into somebody that's going to ha- do one transaction in the next 10 years and then hopefully refer you people or a realtor maybe that you can bring under our fold and help lift up their business and teach them how to be a professional and do things better, faster, wiser, and earn potentially up to $10,000 a year in residuals? Which one's better? You know, it's it's all good. So don't let that mess you up there. If it ends up being a realtor, that is awesome. So back to your sphere. My goal for all of you is to have at least 250 people in that group that you're constantly keeping up with. 
my goal for you is that you work 40 hours a week and probably somewhere around 15, 20 of it is with your sphere. So you are planning your week accordingly. So you are having breakfast, coffee, uh, iced tea, lunch, events, stopping by somebody's office to bring him a little goodie, it, which could be their favorite bagel or their favorite coffee. You're just in their life being a good person. You're doing that, and the rest of the time you're making phone calls, and you're, you're touching your people all the time, and they're on a plan of action. So the calls may be something like, hey, Mary, it's Janice Petaway with Exit. I'm just calling to say hi, checking in on you and the kids. How is the kitchen remodel going? How is the pool going in going? How is, you know, whatever it is. I know uh, Sarah's getting ready to graduate this from high school this year. What's she doing about college? You know, what's going on? You're, because you're taking notes in your system so that you don't have to remember any of this. So when you call again, you're just starting a friendly conversation. So you're spending time speaking to them and being part of their life. At the end of every single conversation, you're going to say something like, well, um, I hope, I'm glad you guys are doing so well. Um, it was great to catch up with you. Uh, remember, if there's anybody you know, and pretty soon they'll start saying it with you because they know what you're going to say, but you're reminding them that you will take really good care of anybody that they know that needs to make a move. And then you just end the conversation. I'll talk to you soon. Call me if you need anything. And you're just teaching your people what to do. Um, All of my, remember, I still get phone calls where people will say, Janice, you told me whenever we were going to put a lot of money into this home that we should call you first because we needed to make sure we weren't over-improving. So you're, you're reminding them about things like that. Hey, I know the house is you know, 20 years old now. Have you guys been thinking about doing any big updating? Because remember, um, I want to run some numbers for you and make sure that it's the smart thing to do and talk about whether you're definitely going to stay in that house for another, you know, five years, 10 years, 20 years, so that we're sure that your financial plan is solid. Uh, Do you know how many homes a year you can sell with people knowing that, that they should call you before they do that? Because you know many times when they're getting ready to put $50,000, $70,000 into a big remodel, that that neighborhood can't support it. And they're probably better off to just go and jump up price range-wise and buy something different, that that's already done. And that's the truth. And that's what being a professional realtor looks like, is helping the people that are in your sphere of influence make the right decisions. A stranger realtor can do that, but not as well not as good as someone that has a relationship with these people and understands that they've already told you when the kids are grown, they're downsizing and moving to a condo at the beach. You'll be able to say, you know, I can, you know, you guys, you've only got two more years of high school and are we still on that downsizing plan and moving to the beach? If so, let's let's just spoof up this house a little bit, but let's not put in 70000 whatever it is. It makes sense, doesn't it? Thanks for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. I hope this is helpful, 
and I'll see you on the next one.